Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. My Song Suck would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and community. We pay our respects to them and their cultures and to the elders both past and present. Hello and welcome to My Song Suck, the show where we listen to bad songs from good writers. I'm Alex Smith and I'm a musician. I'm James Keogh and I'm the friend of a musician. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to My Song Suck. I am James Keogh, I'm one of your hosts. And I'm Alex Smith, I'm the other host. And today, this is episode four of season three, our first guest from season three. We got a, our first guest unknowingly from out of the state, because we've been doing this Zoom stuff. And we accidentally scooped up someone from New South Wales, but we've got Gabby Bolt, also known as Fettuccine Fettuqueen on TikTok. Uh, at the time of the recording, she has 8,705 followers and has been seeing great success recently because of a songification of Australian politics, but is also a musician in her own right. Hello, Gabby. Hello. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. Mm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, thank, yeah, thank you for being here. I always have <laughs> the pre-prepared <laughs> thing for being here. And I was like, oh no. You're, like, you're like me. Info. Yeah. <laughs> when I enter a room, I'm always like, I don't know how to start this off, but something's going to happen and we'll just go on with it. It's all good. <laughs> so, oh boy, it is. It's a pleasure to have you here, Gabby. Uh, obviously, as Alex mentioned, you're blowing up at the moment. Yeah, uh, I honestly haven't looked at my phone today. <laughs> I didn't know that I'd reached that many. I was like, oh, nice, <laughs> nice little tidbit. Mm. Yeah. So you've brought for us uh, a couple songs. Um, yeah. One from, I believe, what is it, 2011 is this first one. And then, uh, of course, one of your recent ones, the start of the uh ep um first track from that but yeah. first before we can get to that great ep uh we do have to uh, take a look back and oh. uh take a look at this song uh, but this one i like because uh it's sort of prescriptive in the sense that this was you t- talking to presumably you know you grown up you now so now we get the opportunity to do this this second half of this song yeah <laughs> Which is great. I honestly haven't really heard it all the way through. When I sent it through to you guys, I was like, just get it and send it. Don't listen to it. But I do remember writing it. And yes, so I haven't answered any of those questions yet before. So it's quite exciting and nerve wracking for me as well. The best way. (laughs) The best way to listen. This is going to be awesome. So should we uh, just dive in? Let's take a listen to Song for Older Me.
just want to know what you're doing in life. So yeah, that song was about, um, just, it was just a time capsule really, just for me when I'm older, when YouTube's still running, hopefully, it's still running and I'll be watching that when I'm something or other, some age, somewhat older than I am now, and yeah, so, I hope you're having a fantastic Easter. Oh. Good, good one. Nice. <laughs> good timing. Yeah, right? So how you feel? Oh man, I haven't heard that song probably since I made that little audio clip. Like <laughs> I really, I really, like I don't remember. I remember writing it and I remember feeling really like proud because I was like, mm. it's finally a three minute song, I did it. Because mm. um, I've been playing my whole life and I've been writing little bits and pieces a long, long time. Mm. And I think one day I just decided I'm just going to write something. I'm just going to write something and it's going to be full length. And I wrote that and I was so proud of it at the time and now I listen to it and I'm like oh god it's just like a pressure cooker isn't it so I have to answer all those questions now and right. half of the answers are definitely not what I had envisioned for myself it's very funny while um, uh, watching you react to that on the zoom was a delight and very entertaining <laughs> uh there was charming as heck this song this yeah. is a charming little bop it has a uh, Paris vibes yeah, it's it's very waltzy. I think it. I think my biggest issue was that I really felt uncomfortable writing about anything I hadn't experienced. Like mm. I was such a nerd in high school. I think. I mean, I wrote it when I was fourteen, fifteen, and like, I didn't do anything. Like writing a love song <laughs> felt disingenuous because I was like, I don't know what that's like. I don't know what's like to be in love. Why would I write about that? I don't know what I write. Like, and so the whole thing sort of came out of it was born out of the fact that I had no clue what to write about. So I wrote from what I knew, which was nothing. So I just asked a bunch of questions of myself older. Yeah. And I think that's why I really liked it. Mm. So I was like, oh, it's finally something I can sing genuinely. Mm. Um, but yeah, I really haven't played it. I never played it at gigs or anything like that. So very, very interesting to hear. Yeah, it might be <laughs> one to, to bring back out or like update with like, yeah. what are we going to be like when I'm I, 50 or something? I actually, I actually did a couple of months ago. I wrote a response. Ooh. Oh, really? Um, yeah, which was, what was it called? I think it was paid the price it was called, but I just, I don't think I'm going to record it because it's just, it is very personal, but it's also not really my style anymore. Like mm. it's very, it sounds mm. very, it's almost musical theatery, this response song. And that song almost sort of lends itself to like musical theater. And so mm. I might just keep it on the back yeah. burner until I can song figure out musically what to do with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, but I have, I have written a response. Um, but yes, it's, it's considerably more depressing than that song is. Mm. Kind of takes all those questions and goes, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> just it's just yeah, one yeah. note. Just, yeah. just no. Your no. expectation of my life at this point versus what it actually is is very mm. different. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, but, it's, um, it's all that you yeah. mentioned the uh, the style 
So like, cause cause you got funky, and yeah. you got real funky. But it sounds <laughs> yeah. like you wrote um, a non-funky response to that song. When it, did you? I did, yeah. And that's I think that's the reason I don't think I'm going to record it because I think I'm I very much more enjoy that R and B funk seventies mm. yeah. vibe now. Um, mm. But back when I was a kid, I was just a bloody melting pot. I just listened to anything I could get my hands on because it was like you know, growing up in Bathurst, you know, you kind of just bought CDs when you went into the CD shop and you just buy anything. So I had a really mixed genre influence back then. And I still do, I guess now, but yeah. I definitely try and write very much more into that sort of lane way a lot more now yeah. than I did back when. Back then, I don't think I would have even known how to do it. I don't <laughs> think I would have had the chord knowledge to be able to put something Shaka Khan together. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah. Um, it's it's quite interesting. Although I I do I mean Tim Minchin is one of the biggest influences in my life, and when I hear that song, I just hear yeah you know something that he would do, but a lot cleverer um, than mm. me. There was <laughs> one there was one bit where it was like da 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 da, yes. and it sounds so much like um it just sounds so much like a Tim Minchin bit, and I don't yeah, know which it's, one. Yeah, it's like that. It's got that kind of like. He loves to write very, very clever lyricism against very innocent music yeah. is what mm. I found. When his early career, it was very much like um, things like Not Perfect. Not Perfect is one of my favorite Tim Minchin songs because yes. it's just that kind of like, it seems the same kind of writing process of like, this is my earth. And then it just gets smaller and smaller and smaller. Mm. Um, and it's the most beautiful little chord progression. But yeah, very it's quite innocent in the way it sounds. Yeah. He's obviously progressed heaps too. But, and um, so have um, you, Gabby. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. The wholesome <laughs> twist. That's not what my mum says. Um, no, I'm just kidding. She does. Me. Sorry, mum. You're going to send this to her. She'll hate that. Like Gabby shit talking you on the air. Yeah. yeah. She'll be like, how dare you? Yeah. No, she loves, she loves all the music stuff. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, you mentioned kind of growing up and getting all these different sort of musical, this melting pot of musical influences. Yeah. Uh, was your, were you, did, was a, a very musical family growing up? Yeah, well, I mean, my dad... Um, played in pub rock bands as cool. bands do. Yes, yeah, so my, of course. Yeah, he was in a few growing up. And so like some of my earliest musical memories are playing like Egg Shaker and stuff in the old garage that he'd go and rehearse in. Nice. Um, and, you know, they did like the B-52s and the Divinals and I don't know, you know, not Love Shack is the B-52s, but that's like one of the <laughs> earliest songs. You know, got to play Cowbell on it. It was great. My dad used to go, you see a great sign on the side of the... It was just great. Nice. Um, and so I had a lot of pub rock and Australiana and he loved, you know, Dragon. And uh, it's bad that I can't ever think of names. Dragon, Cold Chisel, um, In Excess. A lot mm. of that stuff was playing around the house. Um, but my parents are separated. So it was very funny going from my dad's house with like Cat Stevens and James Taylor and pub rock and that very focused Americana, Australiana mm. thing. And then you go to my mum's house and it'd be like Gloria Gaynor and um, Stevie Wonder <laughs> and like a, just completely different. Just Good, completely different. Yeah. So I had, I had a lot going on. Um, and my mum would say she's not a musician, but she's got a good set of ears on her. Like, I feel mm. like if she just practiced, she'd be very, very good. Mm. But she, she always denies that she can sing or anything like that. It's a shame, really. We could have been a Partridge family. It would have been great. But, yeah. Um, but, but yeah, she... Yeah, I, I was very, very lucky to be exposed to so much so early. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Well, you mentioned that you've been playing all your life. Where did you learn to write and to play? Yeah, it's actually a really interesting story. I, I mean, I don't remember learning at all because we had this piano in our house and apparently I used to just climb. It was like one of those really old pian pianolas and the stool was really, really high and it was also sloped like this Ooh. and it was wooden. So when I was a kid, like a toddler, I used to climb my way up onto this 
structurally a completely unsafe chair <laughs> and I'd sit there and I used to like just play through triads like like that and um when I did that dad just thought it was a fluke at first and then I kept doing it apparently <laughs> I just kept playing like little melodies with triads and I wasn't using the right fingers or anything like that it was just fun mm. um and then dad and mum were just like oh well she clearly got the gift yeah likes this so they, they sent me to a, a local piano teacher she taught from her home she was lovely her name was Vanessa and I used to walk from school once I started kindy used to go to her place after school on Thursdays and do half hour lessons. And that's just, that's, I don't remember learning how to do it, but that's the story as far as I've been told. Uh, <laughs> like kindy age. So you would have been like, yeah, what, I was, I was five. five. Yeah. yeah. I was five when I started. Shout out to is, Vanessa. Yeah. Music. Yeah. yeah honestly, I was not a good student. I don't know why <laughs> I learned so much because I used to just get so distracted. She used to like, it got to the point. Cause I did, I grew up doing A and B classical piano a choice for me um but I the theory was great I really really loved doing all the theory the theory stuff I just thought was like maths to me I hated mathematics but mm. I loved the people who could do mathematics really quickly and they got really into it it was the same for me with music theory I loved learning about keys and rhythm and all that stuff yeah. but then with the practice she'd literally have to I remember when I got to like fifth or sixth grade I would have been I don't know 13 14 and I used, she used to bribe me with like a Sunday lunch. Like I used to go there on a Sunday and she'd get me to do three hours of playing. And then she'd go, if you do this, roast chicken. You get to lunch. eat. You can have, yeah, you get to eat. <laughs> and I'd do it. I was just that easily bribed. But yeah, it took a lot for me to keep going. And then I quit the grade before the last one, which probably killed her. But Oh, no. I mean, it's fine now. Look, hmm. she's, we, I've run into her since and we, she's still great. I don't know if she's still teaching, but yeah, shout out to Vanessa. Hmm. Great work. Also, nice. James, update. This guest has a keyboard hooked up. This has never happened. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, it's, I've, got, um, I've got like a little uh, audio interface. It's the same thing I use to record all my little TikToks and things like that. So it's just all hooked up together. Nice. So it's I happening. just figured while I had it, it's Why here. not? That's exceptionally not? cool. We've never had a, a person hooked up to a keyboard. Normally we have, we were like, we record the interview and now we sit down and it's like, now hook up your acoustic guitar with these weird mics and then they'll strum yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I've, I've been, I've been there. I've done that with a ukulele before in a studio. That was interesting. Oh, right. <laughs> a couple, a couple of mics pointed at my tiny hands. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very good. Very good. So you've been playing uh, music, obviously, since a very early age. Yeah. At what point did you start writing? I think I, I mean, I'd like to think that I started writing it about 12, but obviously I don't really remember any of those songs. Cause when you start writing, I feel like that's universal for all writers is the first maybe 20 songs you write, you just never share with anyone. Mm. You just, you go, <laughs> all right, that happened. Can't really. <laughs> that happened. I've put that in a book somewhere with a fluffy pen and I'll just lock it away and leave it there. <laughs> um, so I, I do remember writing a couple of songs. Yeah, probably 12, 13. And then when I was sort of 14, 15, that was the first song. The one we just heard was probably the first wow. one I felt comfortable playing in front yeah. of people. But well, yeah, it took a long, it took a really long time for me to write songs that I'm happy with. I still struggle writing songs that I'm like 100% convinced can come out of my mouth. Like sometimes <laughs> I write songs and I swear to God, they're written for other people. Like I'm just like, this isn't me. I wrote <laughs> this. It's done, but it's not mine. So I give yeah. them away. But yeah. Well, well you've got your, your EP. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm bad at conversation. Um, <laughs> no, that's okay. <laughs> and it, it sounds fucking sick. What was the uh, what was the story there? Who did you get it produced with? Did you produce yourself? Uh, I I actually did this. The whole EP was done locally. Um, so I'm from Bathurst, New South Wales, which is like a country. It's kind of like a country town, but it's it's not you know 
completely isolated. We've got about 47,000 mm. people. Um, so it's sort of like a place that a lot of people drive through to get other places. <laughs> That's how it's been told to me. So, sure. um, but there's actually a really great music scene here. It's mm. so bonkers. There are so many musicians that come from this area and we go out and we do things. Another really great notable duo, original music um, that basically helped me through my whole music stuff, uh, Smith & Jones. They're two alternative country oh, girls, nice. but I've known cool. them for a really long time. And they write some amazing songs. So definitely check them out. And there's a bunch, a bunch, a bunch, a bunch, a bunch, a bunch of musicians doing original work. Should so on the, <laughs> yeah, you should. You really should. Um, and on the EP, I actually recorded it. Uh, I called it the Crack Shed, which is incorrect. <laughs> that is not what it's called. And Tim would not want me saying that. But basically, my sound engineer, Tim, has this corrugated iron, like, box at the back of this house. And it looks seedy as hell when you first walk in <laughs> like this can't be a studio and then you walk in and it's just this great little functional it's got a couple of rooms studio and he's <laughs> got his control room and then there's about three separate rooms that you can record from um and tim roebuck uh, audio productions i think is his full name so he still works as a he works at the theater here and he also works freelance and so i'd known him for a while and I just went in one day and I was like, listen, I want to record this EP. And he went, cool, I'm free in June. When are you free? And I went, same. I'll make myself available, Tim. That will be great. And so we, yeah, did it over a week in June. And my band were from Sydney. So they were only down for, I think it was something crazy, like 12 hours. Jesus. Uh, wow. We spent a whole day. It was one day. We just sat in that studio and they recorded all of their parts. Was it? Um Sorry. Which is why it does sound a little bit it, nowadays. Like now I think the next one I'd want to take far more time on it mm. because I was just trying to get something to my portfolio because I had no recorded works. Um, right. I was like, let's just get this done. Um, yeah. they're, they're amazing players. My my band is um, Carl Cerner, mm. Kelly Miller, my drummer, and TJ Tanabasta. Uh, he does guitar and, and some vocals as well. Um, and, yeah, they were incredible. And Smith and & Jones also did backing vocals on oh, nice. two of the tr mm? Three of the tracks. Oh, how cool. Three of the tracks. Three tracks, yeah. <laughs> Four of really the tracks? Know the answers to those questions. <laughs> All of the tracks. How many are on the CD? Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so it was a real community effort. And it was pretty much, uh, with the exception of some money that my obviously my family helped me out with, it was pretty mm. much self-funded. So I wow. paid most of it off with the EP launch that I did later in the year, mm. um, nice. which was awesome. We did that in an old mill. It was Ooh. a big old flour mill that we've got here. It was great. It was nice. so much fun. Yeah, <laughs> that's the most country thing ever. Though when I tell people, <laughs> "Oh yeah, would you release your EP, your soul EP?" Oh yeah, in a flour mill, in a big old flour mill. Nice. <laughs> um, it's called Tremaine's Mill. Yeah. You mentioned nice. that uh, your band were like down from Sydney. Were Were they people that you knew before, or was it just like hired musicians and they were in town um, for? I, I actually, I. It's a really interesting story how my band and I sort of ended up being my band and I. Basically, I lived in Sydney for two years. I, once I finished school, I moved to Sydney um, and I lived in Meadowbank and Granville and I went to the Academy of Music and Performing Arts, which is mm. like a one of those private unis. I actually quit that too. I mean, this is going to be a story about how I've quit a lot of stuff, but <laughs> I I quit that pretty much three months into my degree. I was like, no, nah, this isn't for me. But I met TJ and Carl there and that's how we all met. And so we sort of ended up jamming together for a lot of other people because we just happened to be the few bassist piano players and guitarists at the school a lot of the time people were singers or they were um instrumentalists of other instruments and so people often needed as singers they needed backup and so we were constantly playing together being like here we go again with you know i don't know james bay let it go let's do it. <laughs> like we played a lot of stuff 
And then we became quite good friends. And then TJ and I formed a duo for a while. So we were playing some pub gigs and things like that, doing covers for a long time, probably for about two or three years. He would actually, once I moved back to Bathurst, he would come down and play pub gigs with me for a really long time. And then I booked a Stevie Wonder album night in Cowra Hmm. that I needed a band for. So I hit up Carl and I had another drummer in mind, but that drummer fell through. Something else happened there. And so like a week before the show, I needed a drummer. I was literally like, I just need a, I need a drama. I need a drama. And Carl just said, it's all right. I'll cover it. And he brought his friend. He's actually, he's dating Kelly. He Ooh. brought at the time in my mind, I had no idea who Kelly was. So he's just brought this awesome chick down to Bathurst to rehearse for three hours before we then drove to Cowra and did a show. Um, and anyway, she ended up just clicking with the band so well. And I, after that, I was like, Hey, do you want to record my EP with me? Like here are my songs. And yeah. And she went, yeah, no worries. And so I'd met my drama once before recording my EP with her. Wow, damn. <laughs> it's just crazy. But she, yeah, she's amazing. Such an amazing player. Um, and now we're really great mates. Like all of all of us in the band, um, we're really, really great friends. And it's, yeah, very bonkers, the story of how we sort of became a band. <laughs> it was sort of more just out of complete necessity. Like, I just need players. I play keyboard and I need a bassist. And so I just call people. Mm. And yeah, that's how it sort of happened. It'd be very like interesting. that. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you, uh, you have a healthy... Uh, Ability to meme. I enjoy your memes. You got some good <laughs> com- good meme game. Here it is. <laughs> the questions we've all been waiting for. Yeah, let's get into the meme yeah. question. Yeah. Um. That. Uh, honest to God, I've just I've been writing my second album for a while now, and I've been trying to write. And so the first one, the first Scomo one, was born 100% out of writer's book. I just couldn't, I couldn't write anything. Mm. And so I was like, I just need to like get my mind out of this space of, oh, you need to be like deep and meaningful. And all these songs have to have perfect lyrics and they all have to have perfect chords and, and they have to be really, really great. Let's just write a song completely the opposite of that. Just literally take somebody else's words. You don't even have to think about the word part and just put some chords to it and just do it and just mm. be done with it. And mm. I thought, what better way to put that out there than put it on TikTok, a platform at the time that no one knew I even had. <laughs> so I just put it up there. I didn't give it really much. I didn't share it or anything like that. I just sort of put it up and then, yeah. Well, joke's on me now. I have to keep making <laughs> one. So everyone was like, oh, I love this ScoMo one. You should do this. And so I'd be like, oh, all right, I'll do this one. <laughs> and now it's taken over the songwriting. Now, I mean, today, just before I, I joined the chat, I've been thinking like, what am I going to do next? I was just Googling through political history, like, I don't know, I need to find some quotes. Um, But yes, it's been very fun. I've actually really enjoyed it. Mm. Um, And I don't mind being a bit of a one-trick pony with this, because I think, I mean, a lot of people are like, this is all you do, isn't it? And I'm like, it is. (laughs) Welcome. Well, I mean, even within that, there's a lot of variety. There's the the Gough Whitlam one uh, is a particularly... Uh, you know, <laughs> divergent one. Yes. <laughs> so my my brother grew up listening to Sex Pistols, Dead mm. Kennedys, um, Sublime, huge Nirvana, all of that. And I didn't really grow up listening to that, but because I used to share a wall with him, mm. I know all of it anyway. <laughs> and so I actually messaged him, and I was like, Sam, is this good? Like, is this this is too far, isn't it? And he went, You should think about fronting a punk band. And I went, No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I shouldn't. Um, and my boyfriend, uh, who I live with, is a guitarist. And so at that point in time, he's, he, I'm so sorry to him. Today's our anniversary. <laughs> oh, um, God. No way. Yeah, fun fact. We could uh, have done another day. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah that's all, it's okay. He's fine. He's fine. We had a chat. Happy, it's all good. Happy anniversary um, to you guys. Thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, he's been roped into it now. I was like, babe, 
<laughs> I need some guitar. He's like, what is it for? And I went, a Gough Whitlam inspired quote for TikTok. He was like, I don't even want to know, but I will play these chords for you and then I will just go elsewhere. Hell yeah. Um, but he's been great. But yeah, no, they've gotten a bit out of control. <laughs> All of them have gotten a little bit over the edge for how much I edit them now. Are you um, going to, have you caught any like flack from any politicians being like? Oh, yeah. Oh, not politicians per se, um, but I do. I mean, this is off the record because I can't really tell you how I know this information, but I do not know like that. recording this or anything. Yeah, yeah true. Should we turn it's the good. mics off? It's off the record. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's off the record like... except to everyone listening to this podcast. Um, Three people, don't worry. I do know that ScoMo <laughs> has seen the ScoMo Andrew duet. No mm. way. I know. I've peaked. This is it. <laughs> That's, I've got what, nothing what else to do. What would you want? Yeah. Did, um, so I do know he's seen that. Apparently he found that funny, which, you know, thank God. And oh, then. Yeah. <laughs> um, Not and on a then, list anywhere or anything. Um, I have angered a few people on Twitter. Because who doesn't? I mean, it's I feel like that's to, all Twitter's really. for. Yeah. 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 The moment you touch political content, it's mm. just, it's all over for you. You're done. Um, but my own, I mean, I guess the real thing I can do, the only thing I can really do to keep myself out of trouble is like, it's all verbatim. Yeah, that's right. Like my, like my, I think people love to just immediately get mad at me for making it. And I'm like, but I didn't say it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> all I did was put chords to it. That's, that's it. Mm, that's a good point. I didn't, I didn't say anything. Um, because yeah, somebody tried to tell me that I about the bob the bobcatter one really did ruffle oh some God. feathers. I think the crocodile. Um, so a lot of people, a lot of people were tagging Bob Catter. <laughs> oh no! In the, and I was like, I don't care if he he knows what he said. <laughs> he, he can call me up for a ringtone if he wants. Yeah, <laughs> I don't care. Um, but yeah, somebody did say, Oh, have you have you run out of stuff to complain about, Gabby? You've run out of stuff to complain about. And I was like, At what point was I ever complaining? This right. is all just me curing writer's block with political quotes. It's like the most niche level mm. of musicianship possible. It's like it literally lends no opinion whatsoever. Mm. It's just right. funny. Like, just laugh at it. Anyway. <laughs> it's very good content. That's, that's my little grind my gears. Yeah. Don't, <laughs> don't mind me. Well, you uh, I saw that you were hitting up Friendly Geordies and then Friendly Geordies were like, they, they liked the, the message. Did anything else come of that? I'm excited. Um, uh, well, if you're asking if I've been contracted to write an intro song for him, no, I haven't. Uh, boo. Uh, but, boo, but, friendly I mean, Geordies. Yeah, I mean, it's fine. I mean, to, to be quite, I did, oh, one thing did happen. I did get called a simp, which I thought was hilarious Ooh, on that cool. Friendly Geordies video. I was like, friendly. that's, that's how you know you've made it. Gomo's <laughs> seen it. Bobcat is angry. And I've been called a simp in two weeks. That's Perfect. Life. That's it. This is, this is the top. Yeah. Um, but no, uh, most people... Yeah, they were like, they were like, you should do this, you should do this. But I, I mean, to be quite honest, I made that again. I made that video weeks before, like, anything really blew up. I really just don't. I didn't. I just think I didn't understand how TikTok worked. TikTok <laughs> really, you can contact anyone if you if you get enough views on TikTok just by the pure randomness of the algorithm. TikTok mm. makes. I made no that sense. video being like, he's never going to see this. Yeah. <laughs> And then, yeah, his team did reach out. But they were really lovely. Um, I obviously didn't get word from Jordan himself, but the man's busy. That's fine. Yeah, um, but, yeah, his, his team were really, really lovely. And, and, then, and then they shared um, my account on their page too, which I think was they didn't have to do that. So that's, yeah. that's good of him. That's all you can do. Yeah. One thing yeah. I did uh, want to talk about as well, because you mentioned, like, yeah. so much stuff happening in, like, a two-week period. Yes. Like, just sort of how recent all of the – because I scrolled back to, like – when you like the the first one you posted or whatever, yeah. it's not that like no. you know you haven't been doing this for years or anything. Like this no. is 
very sort of a very recent time period. I, I'm just as shocked as you are. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, 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 I mean, I had had TikTok for a while, but as mm. a 23 year old adult, you don't admit that to anyone. Right. You don't walk yeah. around being like, "Hey, I've got TikTok." That's not just what <laughs> you just didn't do it. So, I, you know, used it as an observer, very similar to the way Vine was used um, mm. back when I was in high school, and then. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it yeah, it just gained I think it was off the fact that I had chosen to quote the first one I'd chosen to quote was a trending yes. for God knows whatever reason. <laughs> it was a trending like meme in itself anyway. So people stumbled across it just by the fact that it was, you know, washed up in this wave of, oh, this is gonna go viral now. And mm. there's so many versions of it. People have done like like I mean there's the dude that did the the club thing triple j did a remix yes yeah, and then I, saw that I, one. I saw it before i made it i gotta give credit to suklin there's a user on tiktok called suklin who did the as far as i'm concerned the first version of like making that a joke mm. which was she just sort of spoke along with the tv as oh, he was doing yeah. it yeah and i think and she got suklin. on the, the project or something didn't she she did and she's also recently got a zoom interview with andrew Program. no way yeah so oh. abc news like yeah so i i just need to give credit where that's due but for me it was just like oh no one's done this part right i'll just do this version and then yeah and then what happened was people in the comments just kept requesting other things <laughs> so I'm, i've just been whacking it together because it doesn't really take me that long i mean mm. it's just about figuring out where the phrasing sits and then mm. you can kind of make it anything you like really mm. yeah the, the hardest part is wild? just picking the right quote like people just you know saying a thing on the screen or whatever and then getting on the project or just like it's it's bonkers. spiraling thing it's amazing and I, and, I, and I think everyone you know having to be home these last few weeks has really ignited it as well like yeah. I don't think I'd get any views if this wasn't happening during the whole COVID situation as well <laughs> there's no reason I like people somebody said to me in an interview a couple of weeks in an, in an interview <laughs> oh, a couple of weeks, <laughs> just right? casually um somebody was like oh so like what's it what's it like now being known as an up-and-coming musical comedian? And I was like, I'm a what now? <laughs> I've never, they're not even my lyrics. I'm literally <laughs> just putting music to things. It's just funny because it is, it's just by nature funny because that's what really happened. <clears throat> most of the, like, yeah. So I, I, I think my fame will be fleeting. That's what I keep sort of driving home on TikTok. I just think it's like, it's going to be about three weeks and then I think people will just slowly forget. Mm. And well. that's fine. Even, I'm fine with that. Even if TikTok fame is fleeting, which it might not be, <laughs> this could be a branching path into comedy stardom, yeah. Uh, yeah. Tim Minchin asked. You have incredible worth in your own writing because not only right. have you recently released an EP, but you also did yep. uh, Girl's Eyes in 2018. Yeah, thank you for bringing that up. Yes, I did. That was actually technically my first ever release um, mm. as a profesh musician. Yeah. Um, and it was, it, was a really, it was quite a hard song to not a hard song to write it was a very easy song to write but it was quite hard to grapple with like did I want to make my first release so I guess I guess political in the mm. sense of like it's very clear where I stand in that song I think yeah. um, right and it's very easy as well in a country town to anger people by getting into the feminist debate you know mm. like what's being a feminist and, and what does that mean you just you just hate men and stuff and I actually didn't I thought that would all happen and it really didn't I mean all mm. of the women in that film clip are real women in mm. my town. None of them were performers. Oh, some of them were my musician friends by nature, but most of them were like nurses, teachers, uh, factory workers, um, pub publicans, you know, like they were just people and they mm -hmm. were really great and beautiful. And some of them had gone through that themselves um, and told me later. And so that's why the names of the women I decided not to put in the credits yeah. because, you know, yeah. it's something pretty public and I just didn't want to, and I just sort of thought, you know what? 
is everyone cool for me to do this? And they were like, yep, that's mm-hmm. all good. So yeah, so the song, I mean, and then the timing of it, I mean, I'd written it, I'd written bits and pieces of it for a while. I'd written the bridge about three months before I really finished it, mm-hmm. um, which is that sort of call and response section. I just thought this is really good. I really want to have this discussion around consent and, and you know, letting people know that it's not that hard. It's not tricky to understand. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, I obviously keep up with news and, and politics and current affairs. And then Eurydice Dixon's murder happened. And it just, I just felt like I was just sick of it. I'd seen, not sick of um, support. I just mean like, I'd seen so much in the last, what, three years of my adult existence being like, okay, this gets reported. We all get upset about it for maybe three weeks. And then the whole world just forgets about it again. Mm. And the government is not actively trying to help these services, trying to fund these things, trying to help young boys and girls in class realize that there's a difference between girls, boys and femininity, masculinity, and trying to celebrate both because both are present in everyone. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I think there's just nothing being put forward for that. And so I got so sick of constantly writing Facebook posts being like, I'm so sorry to these people. And I'm so sorry that this is the world we live in and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, I'm not doing anything. I'm not doing anything. I can't sit here and not do anything about it. So I just went, I'm going to finish that song. And then I played it at a really small gig in Millthorpe called the um, Acoustic Sunday run by Jenny Kane, who was in the Flying Emus, a band from the eighties. And she now lives out this way. She's amazing too. Another great musician from this area. Mm. Um, And Jenny said, you got to play it. And I played it. And then the crowd at that gig, and there were maybe 30 people there, put a hat around and funded it. Whoa. (laughs) Yeah. They put cash in a hat, gave me about $150 and went, you got to record that. You've got to record that song. And so I actually put all that money towards the charities that I ended up putting all the proceeds of the songs because when I pitched that song, again, that community thing, I actually recorded that song the same week as my EP. And my engineer went, I'm not going to charge you for that. He was like, I'll happily wow. record that for free. And then the two guys that did the film clip, they are local as well. They're a part of a company called Rusty Shutter Films mm. and they did it for free as well. They were <laughs> like, we'll happily film this and edit this for free for you. And I went, excellent. So yeah, so every single cent I made from that song went towards um, domestic violence services in the country and also the Incredible. local women's refuge here. Yeah. So yeah, it made about 600 bucks um, at okay. the time. Yeah. yeah, so I split that. And it felt really good because I was just like, I finally did yeah. something. Mm. Did something. And, and it just, and it was really, and I mean, like it was hard to do and emotional to do, but it, it proved how easy it was to get community behind a cause too. Yeah, absolutely. That was the part that shocked me so much. It was just how willing everyone in this area was just to help. Mm. Everyone was just like, oh, how can I help? <laughs> yeah. It's it great. It's, it's so really awesome. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's... go, go. Sorry. I'm a bloody motor mouth. No, no, you're doing great. <laughs> I'll I'm... talk a leg off a chair. <laughs> I'm trying. Great for a podcast. I'm trying to uh, estimate the delay and be like, is this going to be winter? Um... <laughs> when can I interrupt? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's wild that you said that you wrote that song responding to younger self and, and you seemed kind of, you seem, it seemed like you weren't a hundred percent over the moon with where you are, but like, yeah, you've, like you've done these amazing things, you know, you've done these amazing things. You're like, oh yeah, I wrote oh, this yeah. song that touched this community to the point that was so good that they passed around and had to fund it. And like, <laughs> you know, and like now you're blown up on TikTok and like, I think you've had an incredible life. I think you hold yourself to this very high Aww. standard, but like you're doing these fucking amazing things. Thank and, you. Yeah. That's really, it's actually just, really, I'm just sitting here like crying in the corner. <laughs> oh, Thank you very much. Um, you very much. Yeah, I think it's hard because I constantly feel like I'm 12. 
Like I'm turning 24 this year. And so I'm constantly mm. looking at my life in this, in, as with the maturity of a 12 year old. Like I'm like, mm. I haven't done anything. Mm. I woke up this morning at midday. <laughs> like I and I look and I often as well compare I mean it's hard as a musician particularly now but we're all at home and doing live concerts to not compare yourself to people your age as well there are yeah, so many right. people my age who've toured and mm. you know done amazing amazing things and I've sort of barely made a cup of tea you know <laughs> so I yeah it's really nice to hear um that coming from you guys thank you yeah no, absolutely <laughs> that said uh 15 year old gabby does want to know do you ride a motorbike uh no, my mom uh, wouldn't let me dang well then I, I actually did have the money when i was 18 to buy a motorbike i had no 700 bucks and i was going to buy this posty bike <laughs> mom went nah and That's i went why dream. not you rode one my mom rode one when she was my age and she went exactly <laughs> what does that mean i know and i went excuse me and she went gabby you she said, Gabby, you walk into doors. <laughs> and I went, that's, that's besides the point. And she went, Gabby, you really think you can ride a motorbike? You can't even stay on your feet half the time. <laughs> and then she's not wrong. And so anyway, I ended up not doing it. And I think I bought, I think I bought a uke Ooh, with cool. like 200 of that money. And it's currently broken on top of my piano. And I oh, think I spent the rest, I think I spent the rest on like leads and things. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. Um, but yes, no, I don't ride a motorbike. Mm. And I haven't been to England. Dang. I know. That's what I mean. I'm just going to be a big disappointment compared to the right. song now. <laughs> the only person you're disappointing is your younger self. Yeah. Everyone else is like, oh, you're yeah, doing that's great. Fine. Although my hair is definitely ruined. I had bright at the time. You can't see the visual, but um, at that time of that song, I had bright pink hair. And for three oh. years, I dyed my hair pink and red and blue and like every color under the sun. And I loved <laughs> it. But I'm very thankful that I had that phase so young. Because I reckon I'd be going through it now and it wouldn't be good because I don't have the money to keep up with it. Mm. Mm. <laughs> but yes. Sorry, again, talking a leg off a chair. Feel free to cut me the hell off. You're oh, our, you're our guest. Right. You're the one. <laughs> you're allowed to be talking. Yeah. If there was Don't ever a that. time. We'll be here for three hours. <laughs> oh, go for it. It's funny going to Coles and seeing the, uh, all the, the manic panic hair dye is gone. It's everywhere <laughs> now. Like when I was doing it back in my day, when <laughs> I was doing it, I think there were like two colors in Bathurst and I had to order them in at the local hairdresser. Wow. I had to be like, can I please get the bright pink? They'd be like, yeah. <laughs> it would cost you know, $30. Now you can walk into Woolies and you can find yourself every color under the sun and that, yeah, it's dangerous. I'm mm. really glad I haven't gone to the shops that much. Mm. It'll happen again. Truth. Wow. I'm this close. Yeah. Cutting some bangs. So close. Dying it. Yeah. No. <laughs> I'm <gonna> break down. <laughs> you, so you, your, your EP uh, yeah. uh, released, it was late 2018, is that right? The, yeah. The EP? Yeah. So I recorded it mid 2018 and released mm. it October. Um, of that and year. You've got, is it a full album that you're, you're working on at the moment? Yes. I'm about three songs away. <gasps> I think cool. um, I've, I've had, I've had like seven for a really long time. Um, I've actually had some of them since recording the EP that didn't make it onto the EP. Oh, so, nice. um, we've worked on them a lot and we want to put them on the album, but yes, I'm mm. about, I'm just three. I've just, I really want it to be not exactly genre specific, but I just want it to sort of move naturally that's like the thing i'm really bad at doing like thinking hmm. conceptually hmm. a lot of musicians right. i talk to they're like yeah it has to start here and it just and the, and the order has to be this i'm like throwing a bull into a china shop i kind of just go <laughs> oh i've got 12 songs put them all on right. um but it's been a really hard lesson that some a really really close friend of mine abby she said you know gab just because you write all these songs doesn't mean that they all fit together on an mm. album and that's been a really like because i do technically have about 20 songs mm. um but they're just like, none of them are right yet. I haven't got like that 12 
that yeah. are good. Sure. I've yeah. got a few that I've got on the back burner, mm. but I'm like, it just doesn't suit this album. It doesn't, it doesn't work. Mm. Um, so that's sort of, I'm trying to think a lot harder about uh, the concept of mm. the album. Cool. Well, yeah. what, have, have you yeah. come up with anything so far? Like, have you got kind of like a, a word cloud of what the album's kind of um, about? I mean, I feel like this one's a lot more mature. Mm. Uh, than the last one which you know naturally it will happen you know going from being 20 and writing songs to being 23 <laughs> so old um <laughs> but yeah I I do I definitely have focused a lot more on my playing ability it's funny like I mean I, I'm technically more trained in this instrument than I am in this instrument mm. but I feel a lot more natural using this one than the, like I can't I'm really bad at solos I'm rubbish at keyboard solos and so as a band um, my bassist particularly is a fantastic improviser and has been really working with me about this is what we could do. We could do this intricate line here and we could write these really quite tricky. It's gotten a bit snarky. Lately, it's gotten a bit snarky puppy um, mm. with writing, you know, licks and hits and stops and drops, which are things I've never, I've never been energized enough to actually write into my works because I do chart all my work. Um mm. But this one, yeah, it's turning into a bit more of a soul, a much more of a soul album than the last one. I, I don't, I still don't really know what to call the genre of the EP. It's kind of, it kind of goes from being like a ballad song, songwriter album to like, then you've got Holding On, which is just like, the, I don't know. This, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> All those songs, they sort of fit together lyrically, but they don't fit together musically, in my right, opinion. Because right. um, yeah. all of them sort of go through this level of, you don't know what you're doing with your life, I think, mm. is what those songs represent. Mm. And I still have a few of those songs on the next one, but they're a lot more polished. Mm. Hopefully. You guys are going to listen to it in some time now and be like, is it? <laughs> it's going to be great. It's going to be great. <laughs> you make good content. It's good content. <laughs> well, yeah, well, people want me to do the bloody Ozpol album. Ooh, and what I no, think there's people, an idea. People keep forgetting though, right? Here's the thing about those songs. Mm -hmm. There is no way in hell that there is more to them. <laughs> like, True, like yeah. point. my point being you only have a minute to say what you want to say on tiktok so i make yeah. sure that i don't over energize myself mm -hmm. once that minute passes on logic pro when i'm recording those songs you literally hear me go all right that's enough <laughs> so they're like you should upload them all and i'm like you guys don't realize that all of those audio files they don't have endings they just stop <laughs> so it would be the world's worst album <laughs> would you consider some sort of like kind of like a, a like a mixtape kind of thing where you have like instrumental yeah. and then like the verses like the politician yeah. bit and then like a mixtape and then like another politician uh, bit at the end i i did think about just putting them up on on soundcloud because the other thing is i don't feel comfortable making any sort of revenue from them yeah, because they're not I my words that. i feel like parliament house will start knocking on my door one day being <laughs> yeah. like um royalties cheers uh but i did i mean a lot of people have been saying that they want it as phone ringtones how do I get this as a phone ringtone? Mm. And I'm like, well, see that, that I'm happy to facilitate because phone ringtones can only really be a minute anyway. So yeah, I, I do. I did have the thought that maybe sometime this week I might whack them all up on SoundCloud and be like, go nuts. Yeah. Take them. Um, but I do just have to be careful about people copying. It's, it's so dumb, but people <laughs> copying the music is like the biggest concern. Oh, true. Because the music technically is mine, um, yeah. but I have registered them with APRA. Nice. Which I didn't know you could do. Really? But you can do. Yes. That's I got so a very good. lovely email from Reg at APRA who, because I, I emailed with a headline that Reg. said, the subject line On said, this Reg. is the dumbest question you'll read today. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he was like, I'm intrigued. And I wrote back and I said, right, this is dumb. I can't make any money off TikTok. However, I have technically written 
all of this music. It's technically just a bunch of music that I've written. And if I were to put it all together, it's about, you know, eight, nine minutes long of music mm. that is originally mine. However, the quotes are technically public domain, but they were said by these people. Um, and he actually wrote back, he was like, this is definitely one of the more interesting questions <laughs> I've received. Um, and he sent me some really great PDFs of like, what it means to have what what actually clarifies as public domain and what doesn't mm. so anything said in parliament house i believe according to what i've read i believe is actually the property of parliament house right Ooh. so anything like the julia gillard one and mm. the keating one um but not any of the others oh no the christopher pine one hello right. um they could all technically be owned by parliament house which i'm totally fine with if Parliament House want to come for me for a lyricism credit, they're welcome to. Yeah. <laughs> I think that would be the greatest troll of 2020. All of a sudden, all the Wikipedia pages of Parliament House and all these politicians, like, and provided lyrics on the song. <laughs> like, it'd be great. That long game. Uh, so, so yeah, good. so that's probably the reason I probably won't really put it on Spotify because I just think in me, I'm like, it's a bit morally corrupt, isn't it, to make money off yeah. politicians' quotes? Well, I mean, you know politicians themselves are morally corrupt am i right hey, yeah, ooh, yeah. you're not wrong oh, somebody actually somebody said they were like you know what i just want you to be a scribe in parliament house and i went what <laughs> and they were like you could sing everything that got said so when they ask you okay can you summarize what happened it's just like i bring out the keyboard that's a good first idea. of all the governor general you know like it'd be great yeah. <laughs> but golden somehow i don't think uh the parliament are looking for such a position mm, yeah and what, what kind are, of world though, are we in? Hey, keep, yeah. yeah keep a look out on sig yeah. just like yeah. <laughs> singer of things on yeah. in parliament yeah yeah it'd be great we I'd love that we <laughs> are beginning to get to the end of our time Fair. but <laughs> uh, i'm sorry to kill the fun however no, not at all. um we usually ask uh do you have any anything that you wish that you'd known when you were starting? Any tips for any people just beginning? I think, I mean, to be fair, I think I'm still just beginning. Like, I think for me, I'm I'm by no means as hard a worker as, say, somebody who's flown to LA already and is really working their ass to the bone to do it. Um, but I guess for me, to my younger self, I was so eager to please. I feel like that's one of the biggest problems I've had to overcome as a young woman is just, I I will just say yes to anything. Like, mm. oh, do you want to do this gig for this for no money? Yeah, no worries. Do you want to do this? Mm. Yeah, no problem. And in a small town like this, it's great exposure when you're a kid. Like I, there were some really awesome gig opportunities when I was up and coming and I wasn't quite polished yet and I didn't really quite know how to do it. But now I still find myself just doing favors and that's fine. Um, but then, you know, if I were to move somewhere else and try and get gigs and somebody said, okay, well, we're never going to pay you. I think that's like, I've got to start being like, okay, well, you know, my time is worth something mm, yeah. um, as a musician. That's been a really hard thing for me to grapple. I've, I've no idea how to market myself properly. Like, I think it's just, I've always found that really incredibly difficult, like discussing things like how to market myself, money, um, venue sort of discussions. What would I set my tickets at? What is my worth? What is this? What is that? What have I technically done in my life? Um, and so, yeah, I guess it's just be more headstrong about what you want to do. Because mm. um, I've often just been like a bit of a, a fence sitter in that regard. Oh, do you want to do this? Yeah, no worries. <laughs> um, and I and I do like that about myself in some situations, but in some situations you've got to be really headstrong, particularly when you're writing your own stuff. Because mm. I mean, my producer Tim for the last one was great, and he was really really facilitating of everything I wanted to do. But what I found through that process was I didn't even know what I wanted to do. He'd be like, "Okay, so what sound do you want here?" And I'd be like, "There's a sound I could put in there." <laughs> Never even thought about it. Um, mm. So 
so yeah so this album yeah been very sort of um eye-opening to me focusing on the details a lot more being like mm. oh I can actually do this here instead of doing that that's crap and this is bad and just acknowledging when something's bad rather than just going with it because you need some lyrics somewhere yeah that's the hardest part as well mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well it's that, been that's what I would say amazing it's been very a well said very exciting to have a chat with you especially because uh it's it's so clear to see the trajectory that you're heading on and that you're you're going to yeah. be this amazing huge person and we managed to get in early just before oh, you get that, too big for us. That's putting the pressure on, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> what if in five years I'm playing kids' parties? That's awesome. No, Those kids will be like, yeah, that's pretty cool. Actually, to be quite honest, that will 100% happen. Yeah, man. <laughs> I have yeah. nothing wrong with that. It'll be politicians' parties. It'll be very, very specific. Ooh, yeah. Specific niche. <laughs> niche parties. The next election, they can ring me up. Yeah. Oh, my God, I could write. Remember how we used to have the songs? Yeah. There used to be, what was it? There was one for Bob Hawke. He had like a whole ass song. <laughs> ah, well, if anybody wants a song, <laughs> they know. We know who to call. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, so, yeah, sorry. Gonna... I was gonna say, James, yeah. you you were starting to say a thing. Well, we both were saying. Oh no. Um, but I guess we should we should ask. You know, where can people find you if people want to see or uh, hear more of your music, that kind of stuff? Yeah. What? Uh... Um, I guess the best place to go to find all the links to the other places is my website. It's just easier to say. It's just www.gabbybolt, Gabby Bolt. So G A B B I B O L T, like the runner or the dog. Dot com. <laughs> Good. I've I talked like to one too many one. fish and chip shops. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Bolt. What's the order for Bolt? Like the runner or the dog? Um, yeah. So yeah, gabbybolt.com is a great way to find all my links. You can go to the contact section. I think there's my email, my Twitter, my Instagram. Mm. But if you do want any of those things, it's usually just Gabby Bolt Music or Gabby Bolt Official. You should be able to find me. I don't believe there's another Gabby Bolt mm. uh, doing music. So if you see Gabby Bolt Music, it's usually me. <laughs> Sorry for the disappointment. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, that would be the main place. And on TikTok, I have a completely different username because I, again, didn't intend on anyone ever finding me, <laughs> which has not worked out. Uh, but yeah, so I'm Fettuccini Fettuqueen on um, TikTok, Good. which will probably never change now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good content. Uh, James, do you have anything yes. to plug? Uh, not particularly. Um, no. Tell me about what you guys are up to. Yeah, well, life in know, Brisbane. Just chilling out. Well, I actually James moved very to Sydney recently, recently. I moved to Sydney, so I'm, oh, I'm for real? chilling out out here. We should chill out sometime. We should absolutely. It's only like three hours away from me. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> you know, after the whole social isolation thing's right. over, we should get out of quarantine first, and yeah. then that we, should be the, then, the, the no goal. traffic. Then, yeah. Yeah, like yeah. a one-hour drive. <laughs> we'll just meet up at the mountains. Grab <laughs> <laughs> exactly. a pie at Blackheath, and then just head off. It'd be great. Heck yeah, sounds good. Um, Alex, where can people find you? Uh, well, I'm a, I'm a musician, uh, your Woo! man, Alex Smith. You can find me on uh, Spotify and Bandcamp, and I have a Patreon. I'm do that right now. Oh, my do God. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. And I have your Facebook. man, Alex Smith. Yeah. Do it. And, um, Perfect. Yeah. So that's, that's what I'm doing. And obviously, we have this show, My Song Suck. If you've enjoyed this episode, uh, feel free to follow us on all the, the podcatchers. Um, no, a huge thank you to uh, Gabby Bolt for being here. Because uh, that's very Thank exciting. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Anytime. Oh, and uh, Gabby, do you have anything that you'd like to plug coming up? Any Anything? Obviously, uh, well, the world has shut I'm down. I'm out of work. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I guess the thing I'd plug is if you want to hire me after this whole COVID thing's over, just feel free to go to my website. I'm yeah. happy to play wherever. Yeah. I'll come to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, uh, we're going to listen to your song, Holding On, 
um, yes. from your your new EP. Woohoo! And that seems like a I'm bad at ending things, James. <laughs> Let's hear it. <laughs> the worst, so bad. Good, good. That's Let's how I it. think about my own songs. Let's hear it. <laughs> I was trapped in a tight grass Then she came And I escaped Ran away without hesitation Couldn't be more naive Because you couldn't be who I wanted Nothing because you haven't got a clue. 